You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, as we continue to guide you through the week. Uh, as always, thanks, everybody, for coming on along. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Uh, don't make, don't hate like your friend's trip on social media. Make your own, uh, make your own plans with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Uh, guys, as always, you know, remember, uh, you're looking for a new, you know, podcast app, make sure you check out the fine folks at Himalaya. Uh, you know, they actually kind of work with like a TiVo thing too, where they kind of put together, you know, recommended playlist type of shows and stuff of what you're into. So if you're looking for something different, check out Himalaya and never forget the hands-free, whether it's in the car or Alexa at home, play podcast locked on Browns. Um, I guess we'll start here, Pete. Uh, first things first, thanks for setting that up last night. I, I got to tell you, that was Joel Batonio is as informative as he is. It just seems like he's really a dude you could sit around, and, you know, sit around a bonfire with, have a couple of drinks and just talk sports, bullshit, whatever. It was a good time. Yeah, he's just fun. I mean, you know, it's nice to be able to talk to guys who are one not afraid, not worried that they're gonna, you know, they understand they understand how it works without like getting themselves in trouble. Uh, so they're willing to, you know, talk. And you know, he's a guy who's versatile enough. Obviously, uh, you know, grew, grew up in California, played a lot of basketball, and so he has opinions on that. But uh, the biggest thing is his, he's got a spot-on impression of Bob Wiley. Oh, I, I, that was good, and uh, and I love the you know obviously you know with Joel talking about one and thirty one versus last year and you know w- what's on the horizon, and you know you know dealing with just going around you know the city you know the area where you live now and and how much is different and obviously you know he brought up the draft we'll get to obviously we'll talk a little bit on that here, but that was. It was just a good time, and uh, you know, anybody who hasn't listened, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. Make sure you check it out. And you know, look, me, me and Pete can go that route if we have to. We can go that route, you know, in the Boston Ball and all that stuff. But you know, sometimes you know, you gotta you know button up and uh, make it a little pro pro. But uh, Joel Joel's an absolute blast, and he could probably do anything you know post career that he wants within this. And you know, he could probably go the Joe Thomas route too if he wanted. So it'll be interesting, but uh, you know, for now, uh, just go out and be a, you know, an all-pro left guard here for the next few years. Not a tackle, Pete, but a left guard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and if he does, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if that's something he wants to do. But you know, it, it he's got obviously a a guy who's in the business with, uh, well, I mean, Joe Thomas, obviously, but he's also you know, you knew Hawkins and all the, but the other part of that is, you know, if the Bronze are good for an extended period of time. You know, they, they naturally are more inclined to, you know, give those guys who were, you know, you saw play a ton of, uh, you know, nationally televised games and those types of things. Like, you know, it was a run of Cowboys, for example. And granted, the Cowboys are always going to be that way just because of how much uh, market they get. But, you know, when you have good team, that's, you know, Heinz Ward got on TV. The guy can barely form two sentences. He was on TV. So... Uh, you know that that if that's something he ultimately wants to do, he could certainly do that. Who knows? Maybe maybe he's the guy who's gonna you know when Doug Deacon finally retires that you know in, in many years, uh, Batonio takes that role. He could be great for that stuff. Yeah, no, and just you know, just a good guy. It was you know, and even even at the end though, because we held him for a couple of minutes after we hit record button, asked him a couple of questions, which you guys aren't going to get privy to that. And uh, he's like, "Guys, I gotta go." And I looked down, <laughs> like, "Oh damn, it's an hour." And, I, and and Joel had opened the show by telling us he had a five month old, so now he's out at the facility all day. All the things I asked him to do, I can only imagine. I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming the missus is probably wondering where the hell he is at this point." <laughs> um, hey Pete, um, we had talked about this and. It was going to be interesting, obviously, with all the talk of Gerald McCoy. And it was going to be interesting, and it was even old Brian Billick. I'm not sure I'm ready to live in a world where the first free agent destination is the Cleveland Browns. That's a a fascinating statement, and there's a very important reason why. Go for it. So, Billick obviously was in and around the league in the 90s and then 2000s. Uh, and obviously he was the Super Bowl head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. What makes that interesting is when Reggie White was a free agent, one of the teams that was very much in on that, at least initially, was Cleveland. 
So, you know, before the move and all that stuff that ultimately became the Baltimore Ravens, the Browns, at least in that scenario, and ultimately got they got swamped, but the, the fact that, you know, they, they were a real contender in the Reggie White sweepstakes for a minute. So it's interesting that, you know, to see him say that. Obviously, that's many, many years ago, but the team he ultimately became the head coach of, uh, you know, the at that point, the then Cleveland Browns, becoming the Baltimore Ravens, I thought that was um, not – it certainly wasn't ironic, but just interesting that uh, he, he he decided to make that tweet. Before we get to McCoy, the thing that I always think about with Billick is, is everybody – he is such an offensive mastermind. And you think of Brian Billick's career as the Baltimore Ravens head coach. You don't think about the offense one iota. Uh, yeah, maybe they were good that one Super Bowl day, but you never, ever – think about Brian Billick's offense and it was always you know will their offense ever be good enough to match their defense so it's just kind of ironic how that worked out but look uh big fellas coming out he's coming to Cleveland tomorrow this is the first stop which you know guys this is what one thing I said is you know you wanted to see you know you want and you know and I obviously you know uh Pete asked Joel about this and he talked about it a little bit about last night but you want to start to see outsiders opinion of what's going on here if this is the first stop Gerald McCoy is taking, I think that answers the question that it's be, this 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 current product is being viewed pretty positively, Pete. It's I want to say it's very very important because you know it, it is first. Uh, you know he's sort of let loose that he's you know opening the door, but at the same time I don't I don't want to like say oh it, it's super important and then we're all sitting there you know and then he takes a flight elsewhere and everybody's gonna be immediately defeated i guess i don't know what it means uh it's at least relevant in that there's no question the bronze are in the mix uh they are in there and the fact that they're going first may say something maybe that's a favor to mayfield uh obviously the two have a relationship uh from you know being legends at oklahoma uh, it, it may be that, you know, Dorsey threw out a figure already and it's at least interesting enough that, uh, Joe McCoy is going to go ahead and visit. I, like it's fat, it's fun. It's very exciting. Uh, that, but that's the thing. It's like, it feels like a giant buildup for what, you know, and this is going to be a roller coaster no matter what happens. If he, if he gets out of Cleveland and he takes multiple visits, which you'd think would make sense. Uh, but that's going to be a roller coaster, right? If he gets out of Cleveland, everybody's going to be all oh, worse. You know, he's going somewhere else. If he goes to a division rival uh, to visit, everybody's going to be, oh, no, you know, anything but that or, you know, the Patriots or any of those teams. So, And, he'll be, and of course, he'll be labeled as a bum then. <laughs> yes. So it, it, that is generally going to be fascinating to see what that happens. And, and if you're a Bucks fan, the worst possible scenario is that he ends up on the Saints. So, or Carolina, yeah, I, or Carolina, because well, that's, that's another rumored one. But I, I you know, look, I mean, it was one today. He's going to go there first. Uh, uh, Cincinnati and Carolina have interest. If that was the rest of it, then you know, then it's going to be over tomorrow by lunch, is my opinion. But <laughs> right. So, but the the more important point is the is the timing. Um, the timing is that Gerald McCoy is starting his free agent tour. Tomorrow. Well, I mean, technically today that he's scheduled it. What happened today? We saw we saw the figure for the Indominus Sioux contract. Yep. Every that is entirely what he was waiting on, uh, just to see that. I mean, he could obviously have waited a month, but the fact is he waited just long enough for that figure to come out, and now he's got it. So his agent has a number to work with, uh, and I think he's ultimately going to get it. Uh, you know, he, he could easily get around ten million dollars per year for a couple of years be it here or somewhere else. And, look, I mean, it's, you know, for me, I was hoping less, but, you know, now the realization is probably, no, that that was probably a pipe dream. Um, obviously, signing bonus, signing bonus can play into this factor. Um, you, know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, incentives put into the deal as well, and, you know, some of the times you can make those light enough that they're easy enough to meet. Uh, yeah, but, the, you know, for Tampa, it still just looks worse. Uh, you know, for what, it would equates to what, maybe $2 million less. It doesn't change the, the cap situation in Tampa. You're still way behind it. I think maybe now this gives you enough to sign your draft picks. So there's that if you're Tampa. But, uh, you know, it, it still makes no sense. And I, I, it still reeks to me of, uh, 
uh, and Dominican Sue's got a back issue or the hamstrings bothered him. And I wouldn't be shocked if he played less games than he missed. It, but that's enough with Tampa. Um, as far as McCoy here, um, BJ Kissel, uh, he's a Chiefs reporter. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, he would essentially be the Nathan Zagara for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't think this, I, I think this was after, you know, we had, I, I, we talked about, you know, John, I was asking him about John and, you know, free agency and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't want to pain you guys with this, but it was the Mitchell Schwartz thing. And, you know, John got on the phone with the agent and it was, well, where are you at? This is where I'm at. Cause if it seems John Dorsey likes to do these things and he doesn't like to bring you out unless he thinks, you know, it, it, he's got a good idea of where you are, where he is. If before he brings you out. And it's not going to be, a, oh, well, let me try to win you over type of thing. John doesn't roll that way if it's not going to work out. And that's what I got from BJ Kissel. So that's where, even though some of these time, some of these things you don't want to be the first team, this is one where this is this is the way John rolls. And it would be like, well, you know what, then? If we're, we're far apart and maybe it's not going to work, then whatever. You know, if it doesn't work out a couple stops, you know, come back, revisit. But you know Mitchell Schwartz, it was over the phone. Da, 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 da. All right, come on out. You know, hang it out, hand it, you know, hammered out a couple X's and O's. And well, I mean, he was a free agent for what, 48, 72 hours. Mitchell Schwartz, whatever, how that worked out. So that's what does give me hope. Me personally, how do I handle it? I have Baker Mayfield. I have. Well, we'll see if Miles goes. If the stance he's taking, you know, I mean, it's not like he's not going to want him. But I put Baker and I put Petonio and I put Miles Garrett in a big old SUV and I send him out to get him and bring him to the facility. Peter? I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's certainly a, uh, it, you know, that I, I think the Baker Mayfield part is, is sort of a given, um, you know, they are friends, like that's part of it. And, and, and to your point, look, I, I don't want to minimize the fact, just the fact that you are getting Gerald McCoy to come here is important. Like, you don't want to be a team that, let, let, let's say, you know, even if Gerald McCoy goes elsewhere, let's say he, 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 signs with the third team he signs with. You don't want to be fourth or fifth that doesn't get a meeting. So the fact that the Browns are getting that meeting matters. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and it's, again, it, Miles Garrett, you know, he's saying exactly what he's supposed to say. He's standing up for his teammates because he can't sign Gerald McCoy. He can't any more than he can he can have the team sign Reggie White or Aaron, Aaron Donald. So him, you know, him trying to, like, crack the whip or something – uh, like the, for the Browns to sign this doesn't work. Don't ask him to be the GM. That's that's nonsense. Uh, Somebody so, wrote a piece about that. It was a good one. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did write something about that. But but the fact is that like he may still well go there because look, he as he said, and he hedged. You know, he hedged the last time this came up when it was Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, you know, he he said, you know, ultimately the organization is going to want to going to do what it's going to do, and I'm going to support it. So if the organization says go out and meet this guy, I, you know, all he said was they don't need him. That doesn't mean they don't want him. Uh, which is again, what he's supposed to do. But sure, no, I mean, the 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 if it's Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, the other two guys that I would say, you know, put in the van or whatever, you know, the the very well. Uh, Set up SUV would be Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi. Those are the two guys. This is how we are, make it work. Yeah, well, those are yeah. I mean, the, these are the guys that basically look, man. We are going to make it so much easier on you, so you don't play yourself into the ground. Like, or or sell it as like, look, man. Or Olivier Vernon would be another guy that I think in the same boat because you know he is sort of obviously was traded for, but you know, in talking to Joel and, and just, he is all in, like he's crazy all in, in the best way possible to get this thing rolling. Uh, and, and Beckham may be part of that too, uh, that you are basically saying to the, look, man, look at this group, look what we can be here. Uh, that type of thing, you know, what, what start, start coming up with a name for it, whatever. But yeah, Larry Ogajobi and, and, and Sheldon Richardson, I think, could be a massive part of a sales job because who else can bring that? You know, the the Saints have Sheldon Rankins, who's coming off the injury, and they've got uh, you know they've got some defensive tackles there. But I don't think anybody can boast the package that walks in there and goes, you know, we want you on our team. We think we can be great uh, with with those two. 
and it'll be interesting. It, it, you know, obviously, you know, these guys, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're smart and you, you want that extra extra blue chip, uh, you know, get yourself to the facility tomorrow uh, and, you know, and make sure you're there for that or whatever. At least shake his hands and just give him the look and tell him. And we'll see how all that works out. Um, before Pete gets us to the blue chew read, um, today's show is brought to you by Untuck It. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so, and so should their shirts. Like tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. Promo code NFL to get 20% off. Good idea, guys, before we get to Father's Day. So you talk about blue chip talents and in, in, in Jared McCoy, let's talk about blue chew and what what uh, what the Browns and fan base of the Cleveland Browns would be doing would be doing if they were able to land Gerald McCoy. <laughs> it would be sort of a blue chew effect on the franchise. Look, I mean, blue, blue chew has the 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 first chewable with the FDA approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work twice as fast uh, as a pill. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So if Gerald McCoy were to sign, you are ready in half the time. It's, it, it, that blue chew effect is going to be there twice as fast. Uh, and, and if that were the, the, the move that goes down, trust me, that's that's going to be the effect for everybody, uh, Miles Garrett included. So... Use the promo code Locked On. Uh, you know, check out Blue Chew. Certainly, the Lloyds are happy with it. They could use all the Blue Chew effect they can get. Ask can this Browns fan base? Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, obviously, now that everything's official, and actually, Joel brought it up last night. I didn't want to. It wasn't really the time. Obviously, um, we were doing the spot with Joel, but you know, that was just him saying even more about you know the way this city is rolling, and you know the effect that everything's having. But, Pete, it, it is official now. Uh, obviously, they had, you know, the, the setup today, handing out beers, handing out hot dogs, you know, a lot of press there. But it's official. The 2021 NFL Draft will be in Cleveland and just continues just with the momentum that has been created, you know, from this one season, from guys like Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Odell being here, and just... You know the city, Pete, obviously a lot better than I do. And look, it's it, now it appears that Canton's completely out of the equation, which is good. That's not where the Browns play. Obviously, they play in Cleveland. This, you know, and now obviously you're going to have, you know, almost two years to set this up. This should, this should be a hell of a thing for the city, Pete. Yeah, um, look, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, and... You know, I, I was listening listening to Dan Patrick talk about this because, on the one hand, he was crushing Las Vegas, thinks it's going to be a, a disaster. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's a bad, bad... The first thing is there is a million things to do in Las Vegas, and usually most people go to Las Vegas for one thing. They go for the weather, or they go to gamble their asses off. And the other thing is, the God forbid, the one freaking draft prospect who speaks to the wrong person, and the next thing you know, he's got a pair of bracelets on because he didn't realize he was talking to a prostitute. Well, I'm not even worried about that so much. His point was, you know, there's not really an entrenched fan base there, and, he, he, you know, he contrasted that where he thinks Cleveland and Kansas City are going to crush it uh, based on the fact they have, you know, established fan bases that are going to make this fun. You know, and he made the point that, you know, I think the NFL was by, surprised by you know, how well Philadelphia went, that, you know, they, they really did a good job in terms of the fan base in addition to the city making it a great event. And I, and I, and I, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. And, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're going to center this whole thing in Cleveland, which is fascinating because they've certainly got the, the venues and they've got more, uh, you know, restaurants, bars, all that stuff that can, can make this an exciting uh, event that can be really well done and, and have a massive economic effect on, on the region. But they can also use Canton and the Hall of Fame. And, and you touched on this, and I think that's really what's going to happen is that they're going to use it as, you know, a bunch of 
pre-taped segments. Yep. Uh, it, or it'll be like part of the 12-minute filler of the first round. It'll be, you know, this guy looking at somebody that maybe went to the college he went to or things of that nature. Right, but they will take, you know, they'll take a bunch of those guys who are going to attend the draft down to Canton and and sort of take them through a tour and they're going to do some oohs and ahs of stuff they never knew because they're, you know, 15 years old. Uh, and and they'll, they'll have some really good opportunities to do some of those segments. And what, whether it's with draft prospects or just being able to sort of highlight some of the things that are going on in the Hall of Fame and all the renovations that are being done, like uh, with the stadium and, and, and Tom Benson donating a ton of money smartly to – get uh, his name on on, on it, uh, that there is a real opportunity for them to have this great event, which is like an event that will be exciting and all, all these things as far as a, a pure entertainment thing and people want to be their thing. And then they'll be able to do sort of more of a, some, some of those emotional uh, pieces, some of those just, you know, easy distraction, but, you know, good pieces that have, you know, fun information and stuff like that. They just have a lot of, great options they may still obviously could still have a set down there they could still make picks from down there the you know some of the stuff they do with that but it just gives them a great opportunity and certainly the fact that the browns are headed in a very good direction is great and and it does sort of keep the excitement going with what's going on in cleveland in this town and and the amount of events that are coming uh to cleveland in the next couple years but you know the hope is that that because of what's coming, that it will just be able to set up the city even better. Uh, you know, people move, you know, businesses moving in, stuff, stuff that's wants to be there because of the Browns, because of the draft, and then that'll just make enable them to have even that much better event. And and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I've seen any number of people who are Browns fans or writers nationally or, you know, whatever, basically talk about how excited they are at the prospect of having this thing on the lake and the different things you can do. And, you know, from fans, it's, you know, it's it's an event to go to Cleveland, uh, you know, and sort of celebrate their fandom for these writers. It's just they, they like the prospect of the city and the venue and, you know, and some of these things like the smaller cities work better. Obviously, Indianapolis has been great uh, in terms of the combine, which, by the way, that is its own mess. Yeah, um, but, we'll, we'll get to that next because I, I am pissed at what they're doing, but go ahead. But, uh, yeah, so you've got a lot of – here's the thing. Other than a certain station in Pittsburgh uh, that is basically whining that the Browns are getting the draft before Pittsburgh when Las Vegas is getting it and the draft was in Nashville last year, um, the ultimate sour grapes thing, it's being – really really well received there's not this element so far anyway and that maybe maybe i just haven't seen it uh of oh you know what are they doing in cleveland there's there's it's a a far more well received thing and obviously it's not really that big of a deal for most people where the draft is held so i i think the people who are excited about it are more inclined to be as opposed to you know who's really complaining about where the draft goes uh but it's you know it's a nice opportunity it's a, the the timing's cool they had their little event Today, sort of introducing it with with uh, Jim Donovan and John Dorsey, where he announced, you know, at the event, uh, yep. the, after after the, when he was getting questions that Joe McCoy was going to come in uh, tomorrow and all that stuff. Denzel Ward was there, J- Josh Cribbs was there. You know, they had a, a lot of excitement. So it just it does it builds up on the momentum, and certainly uh, the Gerald McCoy thing only adds to it. But yeah, it's 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 sort of a snowball effect on good football news for the Browns. And it also goes to show you where this product is from one year ago today. Now imagine last year at this time they announced, and I guess if you're going to you know, subtract the year, say the 2020 NFL draft is going to be in Cleveland, everybody would have freaking shredded it. And rightfully so. This team is 0-16. And you know what? There would have been no way to fight back. There really wouldn't have been. There would have been no way to fight back. But Baker hit. Miles turned into a superstar. You bring in Odell. Uh, you know, you add a second pass rusher to Miles in all this stuff. And uh, one thing we didn't mention with um, Gerald McCoy coming in tomorrow. 
Pete, there's a certain safety who's not happy on social media right now, and we've talked about this, and I, 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 I'm not sure he's going to get what he – if it's the big, big money and he wants it, God bless him, and I hope he gets it because, you know, for the one year he's been here, he's played well, but he could end up being the odd guy out here, and maybe sometimes the good Boy Scout will get the s'more. The bad Boy Scout is going to have to move on. Um. So yeah, it's it's you know day thirty four and weird cryptic tweets from Demarius Randall, which you know seems more like pouting and a ploy for attention than anything. But I you know who knows maybe uh, maybe you, you can give him the benefit of the doubt and think these things aren't un, are unrelated. Uh, I think Randall isn't going to get the money he's hoping for. It's it his play just doesn't warrant it. Uh, you know maybe some other team will be stupid. Uh, and get him paid, and, and if that's the case, more power to him. I'm certainly not going to be upset if a billionaire pays him off. I, I, yeah, but I, I mean, that... but for him though, then you go back to the situation you came to here. You know, then you go to a to hello Tampa. I don't know where they're going to pay him, but uh, you know, but you're going to go to a team where it is desolate of talent. Right, um, but uh, you know, I, I think he's he's got a very good shot of being gone anyway. I think if they are able to sign Gerald McCoy, uh, I think that would all but guarantee it unless he's, you know, he has a reality check, substantial one and says he doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay here and be part of this and that all thing. Um, but I have a feeling he's going to go get the money and, and more power to him on that front. But he's going to be one of several guys that are going to have to go if Gerald McCoy does get signed. It's just a question of which ones uh don't get re-signed or, or or get released or whatever uh but uh in this particular case uh if you know i don't think randall is going to I, I think this one may not work for him with the fan base i think there's an element of there may be an element where people are basically gonna say well, you know there's all this stuff stuff going on that's great why are you you know sort of being debbie downer with it uh so We'll see, but you know he's the ultimate cryptic tweeter. Uh, so you know he just did a building the bronze thing, or they just aired it. Uh, I'm assuming it was done a little while ago, uh, where you know the entire episode was following him going to Arizona State graduation to get his college degree. God bless him uh, on that front too. A lot, is, of, a lot of guys say it and don't ever do it. Which is good for him. I mean, he, he says in the episode that, look, he, you getting your degree was never really his plan. It was doing whatever he had to do to get the NFL, and he's done that, and then he opted to go back and get the degree. And God bless him for admitting it, because a lot of guys won't say that, but we've seen so many people top dance around college existence. Chris Carter's son, Duran, to be one of the prime examples. Just get myself eligible and be ready for the draft. And, you know, part of the doing it is, is you know, getting into the life and you know that but it's that's that's a whole other episode within itself so you know may, maybe this thing gets worked out and and this is just going to be uh, uh, you know the roller coaster with it but i my bet is that the browns are basically saying this is our offer uh if you don't like this we're not moving off of it we'll 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 talk you know after the season you can put yourself out there and and, and see if you know uh if if the market's as good as you hope it is and 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 we'll make a play that we'll make our offer then and you can take it or leave it. Um, it you know, it does, it, it is a real ramification. You're going to have to, you know, replace that position uh, unless you're super confident it's going to be red wine. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. You're going to be in a position where you need a couple safeties again, which is, you know, the Saints. they'll have a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, that's, that, but that's that's sort of how this goes when you're, you know, you're, you are trying to upgrade your roster as much as you are. It does. It does have, it, you know, this. It, it becomes like you become like the Eagles if you manage your money correctly. It's not cut. It, it, it's or it's not really, you know, making salary moves so much as you're making choices, and that's, you know, a good place to be for them, and that, that can certainly work out. But you know, at the same time, there are, you're going to see players go, and some of them, you know, you may understand, and some of them you're probably not going to be happy about. No, I mean exactly. I mean, if you, you, you everybody has some personal favorites, but it's you know, it, it's. And, you know, and we keep talking about this. And when you have Miles, who was the number one overall pick, you have Baker, you have Denzel, who was number four overall. The, these guys are eight and a half to ten million per year. They cost you per cap. They're not going anywhere. Other guys are going to have to. 
Um, glad you brought up Indianapolis. This prime time for the combine, Pete, it's asinine. Because first things first, you don't... Look, what, what, what are some of the things that people talk about with the combine? It is the most important job interview of your life. Who the hell does a job interview at 8 p.m.? It, it, it's dumb, and look, I understand milking everything for the entire buck, which is what the NFL does. It, 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 it's just stupid because at the end of the day, we're talking about 20, 21, 22-year-old kids, and the reason it's good that they do it as early as they do it is it's get up, do your morning routine that you've now been doing for five weeks, wherever you're training at or who you're training with. You know, eat, eat the same breakfast you've always eaten. Do whatever you do. Get out there. Blast away. Run as fast as you can. Do everything. Now it's get up, sit around and wait for freaking 12 hours. Think about it. Ad nauseum. This is the stupidest freaking idea because it's not good for the it's not good for the kids involved. Well, there's any number of issues with this first the combine is not good tv it's not you either love the combine or you don't and you're putting up with one of the worst run networks ever put together the nfl network is terrible the combine is produced terribly there you know and and this may be we're three, we're three, well, we're, we're three picks away from the projected number one wide receiver running his 40 yeah, let's go to commercial break well that's this is part of the problem is i think if they do this they are ultimately going to now have commercial breaks for pl- kids are going to have to wait to run. Asinine. Uh, Asinine. So that's part of it. The other part you mentioned obviously being at night. So what I, you know, for most people, this is probably going to be like no big deal, whatever. They just run a little bit later. I think this is going to have a big impact on how many people participate in the combine. I think this is going to have people skip the combine more uh, because this just becomes a shit show. Uh, that you know you, you you have to now stay an extra day you don't didn't want to uh, you you know you, you're gonna do more of that stuff I think I think ultimately what's gonna happen is you're gonna have more uh, pl- prospects attend the combine do interviews do the medical and then leave and then they're yep. gonna do their workout stuff at the pro day uh, because what they're gonna try to do is hype up drills more and they don't give you any other drills. They give you the 40, you'll get measurements on broad jump, and you'll get measurements on the vertical jump. You will not get three cones faster because they can't. You will not get shuttles faster because you can't. They have to verify this based on, you know, watching the tape. They're going to do it electronically, and that takes time, which is why it Imagine takes- a prime example of what you're saying. Andy Isabella last year in his 40. Oh, 100%. And that's, you know. People they, are going to go to bed thinking Andy Isabella is slow. Well, and that could happen, but but ultimately, I don't think it's going to move the needle that much either. And and this is part of the problem. NFL Network is so badly run, and and these things are so badly produced. They cannot televise. They cannot program their own network. They have gotten fortunate. I think Good Morning Football does pretty well, but by and large, it's garbage. I and 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 currently they are uh, in a network dispute with uh, you know with uh, AT and T and and. and uh, What's it called? DirecTV, and I don't have it. I don't miss it at all. In fact, the only things I would watch on it are the combine. Uh, I would watch the draft coverage on it, but I, you know I can watch that on the uh, on a different network. And then I will watch preseason on it because they will run them all over and over again, and I'll get to see players I, I wouldn't. But overall, I don't care. Uh, they 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 could do so much with this network, and they don't, or it's put together badly. Like at the combine. Um, they will instead of watching drills, they'll go to four guys in directors' chairs, just yep. hanging out talking. Like it's just horribly done, and some of this is unavoidable. Like I said, you can't give live re- live results to some of the drills you really want. Everybody would love nothing more than to be able to get three cones, and I would watch it without time. But that isn't going to happen. You're going to get the forty. You're going to get jumps, uh, and they're still going to be you know just largely clips. And you're gonna get uh, drill work, and even that's gonna be fuzzy now because you know the whole thing takes like four or five hours, depending on what a, a day it is. So if you're doing yep. the sprints at like let's say seven at best, it's probably closer to eight. You're either having done the drill work earlier, 
or you're or you're trying to do it at like 11 or you're doing it on a different day. So the whole thing is just whacked. Uh, but I, I again, I think agents are going to push back. I think teams are going to hate this because ultimately I do think this is going to get yeah, More I mean, so these guys have been doing this for 25 years. I mean, you know, like, I mean, and some of the, I mean, could you imagine the Giants front office showing up and, you know, at, at, at 8 o'clock and be ready to go for three hours at night? No way! Well, the other part of that, and, and, and not for nothing, you know, after the day of uh, watching combine drills, media and teams and stuff they go out to indianapolis and, and, and the various restaurants obviously you hear all about you know the the uh the, the cocktails and whatnot with the with the uh, shrimp cocktails and, yes. and the hot sauce and all that stuff and they drink straight up they go out and drink no doubt about that makes it. it really hard to do if you're not getting out till like 12 a.m uh and then you're you know that's indianapolis is going to hate this so they're going to push back on this stuff. So there's just every angle from this is not thinking this out, and it's chasing money that I don't think is there. I don't think anybody who didn't like the draft before is going to now suddenly watch it because it's on TV. Like, I understand that the draft crushes playoff games and stuff, and, you know, the, the schedule release crushes it. I really don't think the NFL is going to kill it on ratings when you can watch other sports at at night in February. Well, but you're also talking Friday night, Saturday night. So how are you going to handle Sunday? I mean, you know, everybody's got families or whatever. It's Sunday night. It's Saturday night. Could you imagine telling your wife, no, i got to go watch the Combine for three hours? Or Friday, it's just... It, look, I mean, you know, I get... It's always the money, but, uh, you know, first off, when is enough enough, for God's sakes? It's just the dumbest of ideas because you have so many people that say it's literally the underwear Olympics, which is fine. I get it. I love it. Pete loves it. We're cool with it. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty sure, Pete, you know, if you polled 100,000 people, we're the minority. Right. Well, the thing is, like, you know, and, and you know, we don't have very many outside interests. But that's you know, true. <laughs> I, I could easily see myself watching something else and just seeing numbers flap. I don't need to watch the guy sprint. I don't. I really don't. It's fine. I, I will, you know, I will do it. I will enjoy it and I will watch it and react with everybody else. Uh, but all I really need is the numbers uh, and hope nobody <laughs> gets hurt. Like I can live without seeing it. Uh, but this would be more likely to, you know, uh, for reasons I'm not going to get into, I may or may not be attending the Senior Bowl anymore, uh, given the landscape going on in a Alabama. Uh, and it, my natural transition would be to, you know, potentially go to the combine. This makes me less likely to want to go to the combine because I'm not going to want to. You know, it goes from a normal day. It's a long day at the combine. Don't get me wrong. You're, you're doing interviews and stuff and all all the various things, and you're and you're talking to uh, various people. And now you're potentially sitting there at night. Which, by the way. Even the people who are like the media people can't like get basically what amounts to like uh, a you know a satellite feed. They can barely see anything. It's just you saw the draft network guys last year. They were huddled up somewhere in a, 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 you know in yeah, a they were in, they were in that they, yes they were in that uh, that that you know part of the stadium in that causeway thing, uh, just watching. This, so, so, no different than you and I watching it at home. So right so. If that's the case, why do I want to go there to do that? And and I, 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 if you have, you know, if you're a media person, you know, from a, like a the athletic or a newspaper or whatever beat, you're going there because you have specific things you have, you know, you're supposed to do. But in general, like it just makes it a, a less attractive. So I I, I think I, I will I'll be curious to see if there's not enough pushback from everybody involved. Which, by the way, the NFL is not, again or, or is teasing the idea that they're not going to keep the combine in Indianapolis, which I also think is a, just a jackass idea. It's going it's not, to L.A. Because why? You, then you don't right. have to double dip. Right. Uh, well, that they, that's where they want everything to be with the NFL because of they've course. got the NFL network out there, and it you know it's their network. But Indianapolis has done a tremendous job. Everybody loves it there. And the uh, other thing is, it's centrally located: West Coast, East Coast. It's it's middle America for a reason. 
Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's shorter travel for most everybody involved. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if there's not a bunch of pushback and they don't reconsider this. I'm hoping that's what happens because right now I think Indianapolis, the city, is the biggest loser in this potential thing or L.A. or wherever it's held. I think the people covering it are a huge loser. And, you know, I know most people don't give a shit about how the media is treated uh, by these things. But I, I think – Players, prospects, and particularly agents are going to be less inclined to participate, more inclined to just do stuff at pro days, go to the meeting. So basically, the fans aren't going to see most any of the stuff that would be you know if impacted by this anyway. So really, they're going to end up losing too. So I, I I don't see this as a win for anyone except you know some TV ad revenue because it's on prime time as opposed to in the middle of the day. But you see the same three shitty commercials that drive you insane so many <laughs> times that who cares? Yeah, that is absolutely the way it goes. Um, yeah, we have some listener questions we're going to get to here in a second. But, uh, guys, the iTunes rating reviews, they always help the show. Uh, keep those coming. Okay, guys, five-star written review. Let everybody know how hard we're working over here. Grip Six Belts is kind enough to sponsor us this evening. Um, their goal is literally to make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip Six is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even women, moms, aunts. Uh, they have branched into that. Makes for a nice side gift, whatever you're getting somebody for Father's Day, guys. So, guys and gals, so check that out. Uh, ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. So it makes it easier. Obviously, it makes it comfortable whatever you're wearing, pants-wise. Grip 6 has a special offer for all you listeners of Locked On Browns. At Grip 6 slash Lock, L-O-C-K-E. Go ahead, check it out. Don't be a turd. Make sure you're taking care of your father. Or even if somebody else played the role for you, make sure you take care of them, guys, on Father's Day. Go ahead and check out Grip 6 Belts. Now, Pete, uh, first some listener questions. And this one actually, we'll kick this one off pretty good because this is some, this is, would be from at underscore Luckbuck. This is actually good because you have to realize, guys, as much as this is promising, there are pitfalls and things you do have to worry about about this Brown season. What do you think will be the Achilles heel of the team? Too many big plays, can't close out games, slow starts, and Pete, this is probably the answer for me here is, or just not knowing what it takes to take make the next step. This team, you're going to have to worry about this. And this is one thing that Pete and I, we keep preaching to you guys is, it is great that they went 7-8-1. and one. And that is a monumental landmark from 1-31. But it's, can they take that next step? Look, it's, it's double-digit wins are freaking bust. That's what you expect of this team. Can they get it done? Um, I mean, so you know, he didn't mention it, and 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 there's a good reason for it. You know, the the real answer is injuries, but that's an easy, cheap, uh, throwaway answer. Um, I think it's going to be essentially finding a way to balance the roller coaster ride of the NFL season. I I think there's going to be somewhat of a collegiate feel to this team. In that, you know, they can maybe maybe able to get up for some games, but at the same, you know, and and take out a big opponent. At the same time, I, I think they will potentially dump games that they shouldn't. Um, so that, you know, that's what I, that's what I'm worried about. Like if the Browns, again, I think they will be in the playoffs one way or the other. But I think if the Browns fall short of you know where we think they are, and that 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 you know expectation may you know, ebb and flow as the season goes on. Uh, I think it may be because they end up dumping games to teams that basically feel beneath them. Uh, like they dump a blew game it, to the Bengals. Blew a tire, spit the yeah. pit. There's going to be like, a game or two. They, they still get there, but they show enough. They, they, they basically aren't, you know, there enough where they look 
very beatable when it gets to the playoffs and are very beatable because they didn't take care of business against like a very beatable Bengals team twice. Or they didn't take care of business against the Broncos when they should have. Or they go out and lose a stupid game to the Arizona Cardinals because it's on the road. Like those are the things that I worry about. I think they will be a team that can be very focused and effective for, you know, a big game, like potentially the, the, the Rams game, and they may still fall short of the Patriots game. But that yep. they then turn around and and may have a big letdown game the following week where they maybe or you know they they get into that cliche of letting a team beat them twice. For me, and you know, and along with this, win the AFC North. I don't care what the freaking record is, win the AFC North. If you got to play that first weekend, you got to play that first weekend. But I I I wonder with all that's been done and the momentum that's been created, if it's a wild card and you're going on the road. You're going to wonder about the youth of this team going into a situation like that, and that is something that does concern me because it would be a whole bunch of young guys, and if something went wrong early, you know, can it be rallied from to correct it? So that, you know, I agree there. So win the freaking AFC North. I don't care what your record is. Win the AFC North and make sure that first playoff game is in first energy and then go from there. Um, I gotta ask you this, Pete, and, and this is one we, we talk about a lot. Do you guys know the breakfast meat pork roll in Ohio? No, you do not know pork roll. We do okay. not. I, 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 at least I could say I don't. Okay. All right. Apparently, there's some who have heard of it. Um, how would I? Pork roll is kind of like. It, it, it's not bacon, but it kind of has a bacon taste. So thanks to Giovanni Ruiz. Um, and the thing with is, is there is everybody, food stores, whatever, make a pork roll breakfast meat. The it, Usually it's used with a sandwich. So it would be a pork roll egg and cheese, whatever, things of that nature. You can use it as a side with eggs or a breakfast thing. Um, the one, and if you guys want to look at it, it's Google by Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham is the best brand of it. Um, it's a round meat. I would, Pete's going to shoot me here. I would describe it as ham meets ham, bacon. Ham, ham meets bacon. Adjacent. Ham meets bacon. So it's just ham with with a slightly better tasting ham. It's good. I'll be, no, it's good. Trust me. It's good. Um, anybody looking to try it or anybody who hasn't, I want some feedback on this. But uh, you don't, you know, food that whatever the local food store brand of pork roll is. Now that shit sucks. You want Taylor Ham pork roll, and there's even a site if you Google hard enough where they will send you the hard rolls, everything, and then you make them eat with the breakfast. But after you cook it and it gets greasy, make sure you blot that stuff down, get the grease off. Trust me on that one. But you want Taylor Ham pork roll. That is what you want. That is the brand. It would be like buying the appropriate champagne beer, whatever. You don't want to knock off. That's the one you want. It is an outstanding breakfast meat. A very good breakfast meat. Um, and of course, <laughs> Giovanni Ravis, always. Um, he's asking about whether or not the McCoy deal should be done tomorrow, but it's more of a concern of him leaving the building. And this is also kind of what makes me that he's coming in on a Friday. Um, obviously, he's got a guy he knows well in Baker. You know, could there be the wooing thing? And you know, he sticks around, hangs out Friday night with Baker, gets to meet a couple of the guys. I, I think this. We, we obviously we've talked about it, but Pete. But this shapes up perfectly. I mean, he's coming out on a Friday. There's the possibility he could stick around Friday night, spend a little time with Baker, get to know a couple of these guys. But like I said, you know, John doesn't. You know, some of these teams they do fishing expeditions when he bring a guy in. From the you know from BJ Kissel who covers the Chiefs, John doesn't seem to do these things. He, he doesn't, you know. It's if I'm going to describe it as a date, like he thinks he's going to get laid. That's the way it works, you know. Like he thinks that there is a significant chance he can get this done. Yeah, I think there's an element of you want to sort of uh, you know romance him a little, and then while he's you know. You slip a ring in there real quick, like, hey, I know right, this like first day we have. Make, make a commitment that he might 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 uh, might second guess if he waited. 
I, th- I think you're trying to get him caught up in the moment and, and get a deal done. Now, part of that may be simply offering him uh, enough money that that uh, you know he's not going to be able to refuse. Now, having said that, there's reports that you know the Browns sort of have a number in mind, and if McCoy, if McCoy wants more than that, they're they're basically going to let him walk. Who's got the report? I think that's OBR. Uh, okay. But uh, that's one of those things where, you know, it's... But it's, that would have been discussed before he's even getting on a plane. It could be. It could be. Uh, that would be my thought. I, I, mean, I would assume the basically he didn't get on the plane until he had sort of a figure that they were talking about. Uh, but the other part of that is, look, if... if even if you're friends with Baker, dude, it's, you know, look, you know, if they're $5 million short of my asking prices, dude, we can hang out anytime. Well, the, that's the other part is, is, is the same way that, you know... Uh, Gerald McCoy might be swept up in the moment. So might John Dorsey, and and it, he may be willing to offer a little bit more than than maybe he intended at that point. But either way, uh, yeah, I mean, sir, there's no question. I mean, look, do you want to get him signed? Yeah. So any possibility of getting him signed faster only means you're you've you've made it so you're going to sign him. So absolutely, you're hoping to get it done. Uh, you're, you're you're basically hoping to. Again, this is one of those messages you can send the rest of the league where, you know, you, you set you set your reputation as a closer. You basically say if he gets to Cleveland, he's not getting out. You, you, you know, you get what is a very, very, very good player on your team, which sends ripple effects anyway. And, and everybody else is, you know, uh, that becomes a situation where it's not just a statement. It's a, you know, it's a threat to every team in the league of what he can be. So that part sends a message. I mean, uh, you know that that's that. There's an intimidation factor with getting it done before he talks to a single other team uh, that comes with that. So yeah, that's absolutely big. Certainly, winning no matter what, even if he takes uh, you know a tour of 15, 20 teams, you're going to be thrilled. But there's definitely that extra little intimidation factor uh, for uh, uh, w- not only among fans but certainly among teams that they're going, oh, you know, we we can't we can't even let let a guy that we want get to Cleveland or we're screwed. Yeah, it, it's almost like the you know everybody was vying for the girl and we just walked by and gave a wink and next thing you know she was stepping out with the Browns. But you know, look, I you know I the Browns have kept tabs on him the entire offseason. This is things I've been told and and then it's got more and more to the point of he's they're just going to release him and. This is a smart play on the Browns' part. Is is why consider giving up an asset for somebody who's going to eventually hit the open market. They played it perfectly, and we'll see. I mean, it, it just seems seamless. And look, uh, you know, obviously yeah, the money could be an issue, but uh, without naming names, there's a way you could create about 20 million in cap space for 2020 with a blink of an eye. You guys know the names. I'm pretty sure we've said the names. Um, this actually just came out of nowhere from uh, at Jim Custard. Qu- question for the next pod, which I put into tonight. If McCoy ends up and it doesn't work out, I always mess up this guy's last name. Um, how would we feel, about, Pete, about bringing in Corey, the old Illinois, Corey Lugit? Yes. Obviously, you're going to pay him a lot less. You're going to get less of a player, but I still think he would be the third best defensive tackle on his team, Pete. Big question there is health. You know, he has had some injury stuff, yep. uh, has not lived up to his draft billing. He was a very, very talented player uh, coming out, uh, but that's been the issue, and, and and maybe this is one of those situations And it makes where... you wonder, because he's not going to get a lot of money, it, it makes you wonder you know, how bad the health could be if he's still available as we're going into Memorial Day weekend. Well, there's that. There's the idea that, you know, he he sees his value down. He wants a one-year deal to sort of try to reestablish himself. You know, that you can make the argument that, well, he's not expected to start and, you know, they can get more out of him. Uh, you know, some people might make the argument that he's a better fit in the front. Personally, I think he's a better three. I think he can fit that penetrating type mold. Uh, but uh, putting him at an odd front with his injuries is just stupid. But uh, given where the Browns are, yeah, hell yeah, they should. Uh, you know, I, I would argue that they could do both. Um, you well, don't, or you could, or you could have still done Danny Shelton for seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's a, you know that's that's another one of those where you got to get a guy who's you know 
I think the incentives make it a little over a million if he reaches them. But uh, you get a guy that helped you win the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, they, 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 Luch, uh, Corey Legit is a would be a low risk. It'd be your Brashard Perryman type player. Uh, it'd be your Greg Robinson type player. If you get something out of him, you do it. So I don't think uh, you know that that the, the McCoy part would would you know add or take away from the possibility. I, I think it becomes sort of a separate issue. But certainly, if you don't get McCoy, you might be more interested in trying to get a guy like uh, Corey Legit. But you know, it, that's that's a fascinating dynamic. I think I think. Uh, the Browns have clearly put themselves all in on this Gerald McCoy thing for the time being, uh, and, and I don't think they're going to make another move from that position until they get you know a, a firm answer one way or the other. And that's what makes me wonder where it, how it just seems like this interest is too mutual, and I, I think there's been enough done between the two parties where I, I think they're they should be able to find common ground. Um, and look, if if you're worried about the cap this year, look, there's still the the Duke issue, and and some other things. And look, you could find a way to easily create five to ten million in cap in a heartbeat. Um, for this season, in going into twenty, you could find a bunch, bunch more. Uh, obviously, guys, we've covered a ton here. Obviously, we've you know the, the whining and dining and how you're going to ha- handle Gerald McCoy, the draft coming to Cleveland, um, McCoy versus Sue's money. How does that all play out? The combine going to prime time. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Pete, anything we missed? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think we're square. Okay, guys, uh, guys, gals. Um, if you haven't checked out the Joel Batonio interview. Trust me, listen to it. it. It's open, it's honest, and, and that's what makes Joel cool. Pete, I had to rein you back there because it was almost 10 minutes of freaking NBA, for God's sakes. Well, listen. You, you opened know. him up, and yeah, I think he would have went, went the entire show just talking Lakers and the NBA. And what did you get out of it? You got Joel Batonio. Played against about- DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard. That was like, I was blown away. Right, and and you know the other part of that is you know he he talks about how his game is in bad shape and all these other things, and then he tells you, hell yes, he would be in, in a five on five of bronze players. So yeah, you know, very quiet confidence uh, type dude. So that's uh, that's 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 you know it's just fun stuff. I, you know, it's it's good to be able to get a guy sort of he answers. Uh, he's been and especially yesterday he was. Uh, doing bronze questions all day, so it was, uh, you know I wanted to get him a, a little bit out of that normal comfort zone and allow him to sort of talk uh, uh, other stuff. And and you know I, I, I love the to bust the Lakers proverbial balls. And uh, you know that that you know I, I was hoping he'd really open it up and crush them and like uh, be mad at Genie Bus and Magic and, and Rob Plink and all that. But uh, very polite uh, Laker fan. Unfortunately for us, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know it was fun to get him, you know, out out in his former high school basketball days. He was a freaking point guard. And it's, and the funniest part about it though is is like here is this guy who's made a boatload of money playing professional football, and like you still see the fandom of you know a sport that he's not involved in. And the funniest, yeah, I'll give you one thing where we didn't record, one thing that was wasn't recorded. I was like, if that five-on-five five game breaks out, you're not checking Miles Garrett, right? Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was funny. That was no, Nobody's going to pick up that assignment. Um, but still, if you haven't checked that out, God dang it, get on that, because Joel was fantastic. Um, free, easy guy to speak with. Uh, he made the show like butter, just simple and easy and open and honest guy. And, you know, he did talk about some of the bad times, which is, you know, you tend to avoid when you have to talk to some of these guys because – there's certain things they don't want to say or they don't want to, even if that person may be gone, they don't want to speak on that. But he was able to speak, you know, free and easy in the 1-31 and in the horror and, you know, the, what they did with the offensive line through camp and which turned out once they got everybody right and playing and it turned out to be a really great unit for the second half of the season. Um, Pete's work over at Browns Maven. Go ahead, check it out. Uh, you know, picking up steam over there. Um, you, you know, we check the show over there. If you can't check it through these outlets, uh, you know, Pete's putting up a ton of stuff. You're getting short pieces. You're getting long pieces. He's doing a great job with that. Make sure you're following at Browns Maven. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith. Uh, the 
podcast, uh, Locked On Browns Twitter account, as always, is always a follow-back account. The interaction, and I've gotten a lot of it over the last day. I know you guys all enjoyed the Joel interview. Um, as far as the draft, yeah, look, guys, if I'm not there sooner uh, and I'm still here doing this, yeah, it's, I mean, the it just continues to come in and come in. We'll find a way to make it all work, but, I, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about, you know, 23 months from now. But, you know, the excitement and looking forward to it, absolutely 100%. Uh, me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead and throw a follow over there. Uh, just continue to support the show, guys. And, like, the reason we're here every day busting our butts is because you guys are here. And we'll continue to do that. Talking ball with Pete for an hour, uh, you know, for the slight few who still thinks he's a pain in the ass. Well, he is a pain in the ass. But talking ball with Pete, I truly enjoy. And with the four women under this roof with me right now, Nobody wants to hear a lick about it. So it's a nice escape from everything, and we totally enjoy it. Uh, This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. And before I let you go, Taylor Ham Pork Roll. I want reviews. Check it out, people. Order it. Eat it. You have no idea how good it is. And with that, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.